without faith it is impossible to please God. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. consider an answer to the question of what does faith look like. And depending on the circumstance, the situation, and where we find ourselves on planet Earth, the intensity of that circumstance or situation can vary greatly, but the answer and the strength for the situation comes from the same place. Faith. The author of Hebrews is writing to early Jewish believers in the Messiah in the first century. And they're beginning to ask the question of whether or not the loss is equal to the gain. With all that they have endured, is the reward equal to the suffering? And he answers with a resounding yes. And he encourages them on and says that he has not left them nor forsaken them in chapter 13, but rather that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the he, of course, is Messiah Yeshua, Jesus. He has not left them. He has not abandoned his promise. He is there with them. And that is an encouragement that we need to pick up and carry with us today. If we look back in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 32 and onward to about verse 6 of chapter 11, He reminds them of where they have come from, what they've endured, the sufferings they've endured, the public embarrassment and exposure and abuse that they've endured, and how they joined with those who were being treated in the same way, how they suffered along with prisoners, but they also joyfully accepted the plundering of the possessions. So they rejoiced in the loss that they had experienced. And he's saying, do not lose boldness, chapter 10 and verse 35, which has great reward. So when they're asking the question, does the loss equal the reward? Yes, he is saying, keep pressing on in boldness, the same boldness with which you have already endured all the sufferings joyfully. And then in verse 11, excuse me, chapter 11 and verse 1, he says, now faith is a substance, the foundation of things hoped for, the assurance, the confidence, the evidence, or the conviction of realities not seen. And then he writes regarding the elders, for by it, the elders received commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen did not come from anything visible. And he continues on from there, pressing us to Approach him in faith. I don't know about you, but there are days when I feel, and that's going to be an important word, I feel that I don't quite have this faith thing worked out. Now, I talk about faith daily. I teach on faith daily. I study faith daily. And there's just times when I sit back at the end of the day and say, I'm not quite sure I've got this thing figured out. I'm not sure I feel it. And that is 
part of the important point that we're, we're going to work toward today. As we're often prone to do, we look to the right, we look to the left, uh, to what he, she, they are doing, uh, perhaps better than we. But perhaps you don't have the same type of experience uh, that I'm having. You know, you have something similar too, but I often feel like others have figured this out and I've missed something. I, I haven't quite stumbled upon that something yet, as they seem to have the look of faithfulness. They've got the look to it, so they must have it, correct? And of course, that begs the question for today, what does faith look like? So often we evaluate the appearance of faith by outward appearance of good things, ignoring or not recognizing the negative things. We kind of overlook that. We assume really that the absence of struggle means better life. And therefore, of course, it means better faith. But I don't believe the appearance. I don't believe that appearances make an accurate barometer of what faith looks like. The author of Hebrews in our opening text, of course, as I said, he's reminding his audience of the trials they've experienced after coming to faith in Messiah, how they endured the reproaches, how they endured tribulations, and how they often joined others in their challenges. So he reminds them of the first things of faith, the first things that they experienced in faith, which often runs contrary to public opinion, public acceptance, intellectual ideas that are currently accepted. It sets us at odds many times with those around us, but he reminds them of those who've come before, the elders in faith, that great cloud of witnesses that surround us, he says in chapter 12 of Hebrews. And finally, he explains, of course, that without faith, that hoped-for evidence of things not seen is the only way to please the Lord God. And as Paul will write, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Yet, what if my experience of faith looks different than that of others? What if my life is altogether fine? Everything's fine, right? You know, nothing ever goes wrong. Or maybe every time I turn around, I've got a new trouble before me. And what if I fall somewhere in between that. I, some days are good, some days are bad. You know, there are so many different ways that the life of faith can unfold. And we have to remember that the Lord is ordaining each and every one of those steps along the way. The reality is that there is no perfect picture of what the life of faith looks like, save for the life of Messiah himself. See, faith is lived within the framework of life. And Life can be a place of great challenge, of great joy, of boredom sometimes. It can be a place of desperate situation, of deep pain, of deep sorrow, remorse, but also exuberant joy. Still, what is faith? Faith in Hebrew and in Greek, emuna in Hebrew and pistis and Greek carries the same idea of being firmly established, that I or you or we are established on something strong. Faith, we can define for the sake of this discussion as certainty and movement, because faith in both Hebrew and Greek is a verb. Uh, 
That's not a noun. So we would say in English, faithing. In Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6, if you were to literally translate the Hebrew, it says that Abraham was faithing to God. He was faithing God. And that was accounted to him for righteousness. He was faithing. It was action. It was an active um, pursuit that he was now moving in as he, as he was receiving the promise that a son would be born to him, a child that would receive his, uh, the covenant promise that the Lord had given to him. He was faithing in that. He was moving in that, even though the reality around him at that time did not speak to the evidence of the promise as of yet. But just as in life we need endurance, the author of Hebrews reminds us that in faith we need endurance as well. Endurance in faith grows as faith is exercised in every experience life offers. Until that day when our faith will be made sight. I want to read the words of someone that maybe we consider, oh, he couldn't have possibly had any sort of trials in faith, nothing bad would happen to this guy. I mean, come on, you know. I'm going to read and then I'll give you the reference, but most of you will figure this out before I even conclude. I read, are they servants of Messiah? I am more so. I speak like I'm out of my mind in labors much more, in prisons much more, in beatings more brutal, near death often. Five times from the Jewish leaders I received 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I I spent in the open sea. In many journeys I have been in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the desert, dangers in the sea, dangers among false brothers, in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. Besides these other things, there is daily pressure on me of concern for all of Messiah's communities. Of course, these are the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11, 23-28. So, if we were to measure the fruit of, of Paul's faith, I mean... Certainly, the Apostle Paul must have been exempted from trials. I mean, he was carrying the message of the Messiah out into the world. He would be God's witness before uh, Jews and before kings and Gentile lands. He would take the message as far as the Lord would lead him. Certainly, everything must have gone right for him. And of course, we know that's not the case. And I'm not sure why we, as we are prone to do, believe that everything will be perfect for us. So, if we're to measure the fruit of Paul's faith from his own testimony, according to the standard that people often apply today, he would be found wanting. He would, something would be wrong with him. Something must be wrong if he is facing that much trial, that much tribulation, that much angst. But Paul was able to testify that he had run and finished the race. Of course, he's writing that to Timothy, but that he He kept the faith right to the end. Dear ones, faith endures because it provides the hope that keeps us going when it would be easier to give up. 
I know there are many times in my own life, and I'm going to share this, you know, a little bit of testimonial just as you, if you keep it just between us, there are many times where I throw my hands up and say, I give up. And I think the flesh part of me does give up, but then the spirit man is able to take over and complete or walk through or experience whatever it was the Lord had set before. And I think we have to remember that there are times when we need to vocalize, Lord, I surrender. I surrender. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done wrestling. I'm done fighting. But we interpret that as meaning we're walking away rather than allowing him to have his way. We need to reinterpret our own words to understand fully what the Spirit might be saying through us at that time. Faith, friends, is not about how we feel, but who we have trusted in. And that is the answer to what does faith look like? Faith looks like Messiah. We are not him, but we are in him and he is in us and he will carry us through the circumstances that we face today. And even if we should lose everything, we're, we're, we're going to lose this life. That is guaranteed, but he has our life in him and he has redeemed it for his glory and for his purpose. And as Paul said, we walk by faith. We don't walk by sight. We don't walk by what we see before us as being the final verdict of what our life is is and what it means and the meaning and the measure of value that it has. No, because the value that our life has is caught up in he who has redeemed us and the Lord gave the greatest price for us, his own son. So don't measure your life, your faith against what you might see around you or those you might see around you. Don't measure it against what you might believe that you see me or someone else doing because you don't know the struggles that we're also enduring. No, we follow examples in faith and godliness, but we don't make them say for the Messiah himself to be our ultimate example. We're imitating, as Paul tells us, he's imitating Christ as as uh, he is following him and we are to follow and imitate Paul as he follows him. And then he tells us to imitate God as we are his beloved children. Your faith is in Messiah alone. What does faith look like? It looks like you're faithing in Messiah. And of course, he is everything we need. So no matter what you face today, and I know we all face many trials We face many hardships, but the answer is yet the same, Messiah, Yeshua. The author of Hebrews did not give the brethren in the first century a way out. He didn't give them an exemption. He didn't say, since you've suffered so much and it hasn't gained you anything, feel free to go your way. No, he said, press on. Continue on, faith on, look at the examples that surround you. We're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Look at all that has come before. They didn't receive it either, but we continue on to that city that has no builder apart from God himself. Nothing that we build here will last save what we do for Messiah. And I pray that is an encouragement that man cannot give a value to what God is doing in and through you. 
he cannot denounce it. He cannot praise it enough because if it's done by the leading and the prompting of the Lord, then the the value is immeasurable. And I apologize if I'm rambling just a little bit. But I think all of us are in a season where we need to articulate, we need to feel free to articulate to ourselves that assurance. That yeah, our life might look a little different from someone else's right now, but we're still faithing, we're still believing, we're still holding on. And I hope and pray that gives you encouragement. You're not the one that he forgot. I'm not the one he forgot. Now he is keeping us. He has even inscribed us in the palm of his hand. And he has bought us with the highest price. And he has loved us with a love that is extravagant and beautiful. And holy and right and good. So I encourage you today, just as the author of Hebrews encouraged us so many centuries ago. Continue on. Press into him. Because he is a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him means he's going to give us a blessing, not because we earned it or deserve it, but because he loves us. He loves us. So friends, today I pray that you would hold on to that and hold on to all that he has for you and hold on and walk in the steps that he has ordained for you as you continue on your way in this life of faith. It's not easy, but he never said it would be. He just said he's going to prepare a place for you. And I know that that place is glorious and beautiful. And that I can assure you of. Oh, hallelujah. So friends, as you go your way today, I pray you have a very blessed day. May the Lord bless you and keep you in the name of Messiah Jesus. Amen. Amen.